Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey listeners, it's Phil Mackey. We're talking Minnesota sports five days a week on Mackey and Jeb with Rami. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Score North app, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you're tight on time today and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Then Russell pulls up and D'Angelo Russell off to a very nice yeah. start. Russell for three. Yes. What a debut for D'Angelo Russell. Russell hits the three. Man, no rest for Minnesota sports fans and organizations. The last couple weeks, the last month and a half have just been action-packed. And last night we had the debut of, of D'Angelo Russell. We had a big wild trade. Jason Zucker off to Pittsburgh. You can find the full unedited, unscripted, unchained version of the Judd Zolgad, Bill Guerin interview uh, later on in the Mackey and Judd with Rami podcast. Legendary. Uh, So Doogie joins us every Tuesday at 5 o'clock for his weekly scoop segment. Doogie, welcome into the studio. Hello, Philip. I mean, think about it from last Tuesday. This segment, one week ago, February 4th, all that has happened from that moment on. I mean, it was last Tuesday night that I was tipped off that the Twins were the third team in this blockbuster Red Sox-Dodgers trade. Then think from that moment, everything that has taken place, it's great for business. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Mm -hmm. So, Wolves-wise, what that you saw last night, were there any surprises, Dukes? Because to me, it was more fun to watch. Russell is a nice player. But I would say, if you had had handed me the script of how the Wolves are going to look against good teams, like Toronto is, that's exactly the script I would expect. The Wolves can run the floor better. They can shoot threes, but defensively, with Towns and D'Angelo Russell as your focal points, they're going to give up a ton of points. They are. Now, it was a couple weeks ago, Sam Mitchell was on my podcast, and he sold me. This was when the Raptors had like a two- or three-game winning streak, so maybe even three or four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. He goes, Dukes, the Raptors are going to finish second in the East. I said, Sam, you're bleeping nuts. Like, no chance. I'm the idiot. Like, Sam saw it. The Raptors, Judd, are really, really good. Now, will they put up 137 on a regular basis or even semi-regular basis? No. Is the Wolves' defense putrid? It is. We saw Toronto just abuse them with the pick and roll. Like, D'Angelo Russell is already a bad defender. He had no idea what to do last night in the pick and roll. So, yeah, I mean, that's how teams will exploit the Wolves. I mean, in many ways, this is Houston North. Right, You think about the Rockets now. The Rockets have gotten better defensively the last couple of years, but you think about the Rockets maybe going back four-ish years. This is the Rockets where run and gun, take a lot of threes. But yeah, 
I mean, if you get stops, it's a minor miracle. So, yeah, I think that is a recipe for if when they play good teams, really good teams, you know, cohesive teams, teams with synergy, you know, teams that have been together, you know, for a while, like this Raptors group, yeah, I think that is going to happen to them. But they'll they'll win some games. I mean, heck, I think they're in danger of actually messing up their draft position to some degree. Like, I think it's okay if they end up losing a lot of games. By the way, the end of the game last night, with all due respect to Jim Pete, who's my guy, give me a bleeping break. Like, did you see David Vanterpool and Ryan Saunders go to Pascal Siakam and wonder what he was doing? 22 seconds left in the game, give or take a few seconds. Shot clock is winding down. Like, what the heck is Siakam supposed to do? Take the turnover? He doesn't have to take the turnover. He takes the shot, ends up making it. So the Raptors go from 134 to 137. Saunders glares at him. Vanterpool has some words for him. Like, give me a break. Yeah, you a offer dude. you offer little to no resistance for the first 47 minutes and 40, uh, 40 seconds of the game. Then all of a sudden, you're going to take exception with him saying, hey, I'm not going to just you know take a turnover on my stat line. I mean, that was just... I was a bad, bad look for the Wolves late in that game. In general, with 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 like one percent exceptions, being offended is the most worst, the most wasted emotion you can like. Don't just fix it. Play better defense. Stop being offended is what I would. Yeah, I've been watching sports the majority of my forty years on this earth, and I keep finding out about stupid new unwritten rules that that I had never heard of, and that's that's another one. I want to bring it back to the Twins, though, Doogie. Did you hear from anybody in that front office about the way that everything went down with Boston pulling out of the deal because of what they saw in the medicals? Even though there was nothing new there, he didn't fail a physical. That came off to me, and I think Judd or and Phil, that that was a team that was reacting to the public reaction, that they seemed to have gotten fleeced in their trade of the second-best player in baseball, so they needed an excuse and the excuse was Bruce Dar Gratterall's medicals. That can't have rubbed some people in the Twins' front office the right way. Agree. I do think there is something to be said. Well, put it this way. Let's go back to last Tuesday night. The Twins weren't the ones who leaked details of the trade. Now, is it possible the Dodgers leaked it because they were acquiring Mookie Betts and David Price? Yeah, it's possible. But a lot of people think it was the Red Sox actually who leaked it. And yeah, the blowback... I think they didn't foresee. Now, they have thick skin. I mean, think about that market, right? Like, they've won how many World Series in the last 20 years? What is it, four? Do they have four rings? Four. Should know, but best man has all four. But, yeah, it's just, (laughs) there absolutely is something to be said about they did not foresee the sort of reaction that, that took place. Are the Twins that upset? No, but I think if you ask some Twins people, they will tell you that they liked the deal. In its original form, better, even with the $10 million coming, even with a catcher that maybe has a chance. Like, I just know one person with the Twins that is really upset that they gave up the 67th pick. Like, you think about this amateur scouting department, you know, since Falvey and Levine took over with Sean Johnson and others being elevated. Like, they've hit on some draft picks. Like, Ryan Jeffers was a draft pick. He's a catcher that I think will actually be up with the Twins at some point. This year, a lot of people listening probably don't know the name. That's okay. But he was a draft pick in that range a couple years back. Like, that's the kind of guy you gave up by giving up the 67th pick, plus you give up the pool money. So now all of a sudden, the Twins only have two picks in the top 100. So I just know that there are some Twins folks that would have just preferred, hey, we give up Gratterall, we end up with Maeda. But now, you know, with the, the way that the deal was reconfigured, but bottom line, 
they love Kenta Maeda. So the fact that they got Maeda, yeah, sure, there might be some some hard feelings. You know, maybe the Twins don't go out of their way. You know, when they when they play for the Mayor's Cup here over the coming weeks to you know go bond in Kyan Bloom's booth, the new GM of the Red Sox. But the Twins got their guy. Like they really wanted Maeda. So bottom line, the Twins are happy about that. Potential spring training uh, friction, possibly a beanball war of sorts. <laughs> I don't think it'll mandated get to that point. by Derek and Thad. Uh, Dubes, what's your sense about the potential to with this team as far as as the waiting game or the observing game, I should say, in the first few months to see where Barrios is at as potentially taking that step from being the Twins ace and a good pitcher to a true ace. And if we don't see that by let's say July first. The fact that this team, because they do really seem to be in deep for 2020 now, would be open to going back into that prospect pool. And the Gratterall trade shows that they'll trade guys now, that they'd go into that top five prospect pool to try to get a true ace if, in fact, they deem that Brios is more of a two than a one. Well, I mean, how hard is it to get that true ace? Right? Like, who is that guy? I mean, is it Noah Syndergaard? Like, look at the top 20 pitchers in the game. You look at the top 20... Let's say I'll. I think like I'll rephrase. sixteen are like completely how about, untouchable. How about a pitcher that the Twins would deem to be better than Barrios, and we might not consider that to be Colfax? Well, yeah, I think either way, because you're right. They are all in now. They have flexibility to be all in in 2021 and 2022. But make no mistake, they are all in on this particular year. So even if Barrios is rolling. I can see a scenario where they end up dealing a good prospect or two for a good starting pitcher. Like that wouldn't shock me, especially now with an extra $10 million. Now, Maeda's got all these incentives built into his contract. So maybe some of that money is geared toward, you know, that part of the equation. But I'm just saying now with this additional money they got in this transaction, they have that much more flexibility to do some stuff in July. Also on Barrios, by the way, I had a conversation with Wes Johnson. Twins Fest weekender. It was a few days before on on the Twins Caravan. And he wouldn't hint at exactly what, but he said they were changing some things here. So maybe Wetmore can can find out here in the coming days. Just, you know, some of the things that, that he does down there, the way he works. I know they were changing some things for for Barrios. Yeah, he doesn't need to be running like seven miles around the warning track well, every no. day. You know, like no. that's the type he I appreciate work ethic. And trust but, me, dude. when he does, he'll post the video on Instagram yeah. or Twitter. <laughs> You know who loves himself some Jose Barrios workouts? Jose Barrios <laughs> yes. loves himself some Jose Barrios workouts. Uh, Doogie here with us from Five Eyewitness News and the Scoop Podcast, available on the Score North app, Apple, or Spotify. Uh, just coming back around to the Timberwolves now. Where do you, you had a conversation on your podcast with Glenn Taylor last week? So now that they've kicked everybody off the roster except Carl Anthony Towns and Josh Akogi from last May, and they've they brought in their second superstar. Where are they at here in this in this process? Is this is this full steam ahead build around D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns, or is Towns still sort of on notice in terms of can he be the Batman, quote unquote? What's your sense in terms of where they are in this building process? Well, I mean, I think he is on notice, but I also think in the same breath, yeah, they are building around those two. But if there's an opportunity to strike on a superstar like a Bradley Beal. Or Devin Booker. I mean, that's the popular name, right? Because of the Slam magazine cover with yeah. Booker and Russell and Towns. You know, I'm curious to see what takes place in Philadelphia. Like right now, Philadelphia would open the playoffs against, I believe it's Miami. That would be a four or five matchup. If the Philadelphia 76ers are a one and done, losing the first round, 
they are going to blow up that team in some form or fashion. Is that Embiid? Is that Ben Simmons? What takes place with Philadelphia? But I do think some superstars may be available this summer. So as long as superstars are available and the Wolves have, I mean, they have some draft capital. You know, does Jared Culver have any trade appeal? I mean, I don't think they could make the best offer for a superstar. But make no mistake, I mean, Rosas is still big star hunting. Like, just because he got Russell, he's not going to stop. And I even talked to Rosas about that last Friday. But, yeah, Glenn Taylor certainly indicated that as well. But, hey, this series of moves, like, this franchise needed that so badly. Two weeks ago, season ticket renewals went out. Let's just say, and they threw a big party at Mall of America for season ticket holders. Let's just say there wasn't a whole lot of excitement, though, from a lot of people saying, yeah, I'm in. Count me in for 2020-2021. You make these moves, there's excitement. How about TV ratings? Are they bad? They were for the month of January, but how about the game on Saturday, the Clippers game? And keep in mind, there was a full ratings point in the arena. They did a 2.8. Now, people listening, 2.8 doesn't do anything for anybody. But by comparison, in the month of January, the highest rated game did a 1.4. Yeah, They had a bunch of games that did a 0.4, a 0.3. Like, that's, put it this way, that's what like Twin Cities Live does at 1 a.m., the replay on Channel 5. <laughs> the 1 a.m. replay. That's what some and Steve Patterson's a charming fella, too. Steve's my guy, Elizabeth. Yeah, we love her, but I'm just saying the 1 a.m. replay. Does that rating at times? That's what the Timberwolves were doing. But those cooking segments, though, don't, don't short those cooking segments. I know. So that's just one example of they do double the audience of their highest rated game in January. I mean, I think there were some empty seats. Judd, you were there on Saturday. I was watching on TV, but they announced a sellout. Yeah, there were some, but it, it was a good crowd. And it'll be a good crowd again tomorrow night. They gave away some tickets, but I'm just saying, like, from that standpoint, this franchise needed these moves so bad. I want to play you guys. This is from Score North Live earlier today. Brian Windhorst joined Score North Live. Full interview available wherever you find podcasts. Love Score North him. Live. And you can hear Score North Live weekdays, noon to two. You can go and listen to it right now at scorenorth.com or the Score North app. Actually, wait till six. This is a good show. Then go and listen to that other For sure. good show. Yeah. So this is Brian Windhorst talking about earlier. He the, the clip that we played earlier was him through the the eyes and ears of people around the league, saying Carl Anthony Towns is a whiner, he's soft, he blames other people, and defensively, he, quote, has withered away to nothing. So Wendy was not pulling punches. This is what he said, however, about the Wolves in the trade. I have to take my hat off to Glenn Taylor here. Uh, Glenn Taylor did something that I've almost never seen before. I don't have the complete list of NBA transactions in history to compare it to, but for a guy who I think they had the third worst team in the league, an owner willing to go into the luxury tax. I mean, normally you see teams that are bad midway through the season, you know, cutting off fingers and toes to get out of the tax. He was willing to go into the tax at the middle of the season as, as, as a part of all these moves. And his willingness to go into the tax led them, in my mind, to win the, the, that trade. Now, we'll see what happens ultimately with D'Angelo, but they moved off Wiggins and got Russell and only had to give basically two draft picks. Um, and they didn't have to go up this year's pick, which I, you know, this is the year that I think they're going to have the higher pick. But I do think it's a little bit worrisome again that basically what the Warriors are doing from a financial standpoint, they are shorting 
the Wolves. They're saying, we're sending you D'Angelo Russell, and we don't think it's going to work. And we don't think it's going to work so strongly that we don't even want your 2020 pick when the, when the draft isn't as deep. We think you're still going to suck next year, and we're going to take your pick next year. Good luck with this guy. Meanwhile, the Wolves are like, take Wiggins off our hands. Just get him out of here. Um, great. He had 25 point. He had 25 points and they lost in his first game. We've seen that 50 times. So, like, it's interesting. Two teams are both sort of thinking that they got the better end of the deal. I guess we'll see. So, Doogie, in what universe, and this is this was what we were discussing yesterday and we're trying to wrap our heads around it, in what universe do the Timberwolves fleece the Warriors? Because that's that's what we're talking about here, right? If My, what a great trade. You dump Andrew Wiggins, you only have to give up one first-round pick, and you get D'Angelo Russell? I mean, what were they thinking? But that's a really smart organization. So it is, and it is pretty amazing. Like I can show you some text messages. Like funny, where were these people before the trade last Thursday? But soon thereafter, people texting saying, "Hey, there's a lot of immaturity issues with D'Angelo Russell. Like there are red flags with D'Angelo Russell, let alone on the court. I mean, we just laid out how bad he is defensively, but just there's a lot there with D'Angelo that the Wolves will need to figure out." Now, my comeback to that is the Wolves have an assistant coach in Pablo, I don't know how you say his last name, Prigioni. Prigioni. Yeah, Prigioni, Prigioni. I mean, he was with them in Brooklyn. I would hope that Pablo, they certainly had conversations with Pablo. I would hope that Pablo told them the truth. And my understanding is he was he was a pretty good guy in Brooklyn. You know, going back many years, he had that kerfuffle with Nick Young with the Lakers and the Lakers pretty much, just to be able to dump a contract, actually attached D'Angelo in the trade. And the Nets actually wanted to keep Russell. Like, it wasn't until they were able to acquire Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant where they said, okay, you know, we're just we're not going to do this. So the Nets actually really liked Russell. But I'm just saying there, there are some people in the league that will say there are some red flags. That being said, to get out from underneath three years, $95 million of Andrew Wiggins, you make that trade every day of the week. And the Wolves will will have some flexibility this summer. They're an over-the-cap team, but they'll have their full mid-level exception, which will be for nearly $10 million a year. Can they sign somebody like Serge Ibaka? Like, I think the glaring need is a four, a power forward. You know, can you sign somebody like that, Montrez Harrell? I mean, there are some decent power forwards available that fit that mid-level exception-type contract. So the Wolves will have some flexibility to add even more this summer. So could they be a playoff team next year? I don't know if they're a top four or top five team, but could they be the seven or eight seed? They could. And that pick that they give Golden State in the 2021 draft absolutely could be like pick 16 or pick 18, not pick six. And that's the gamble that they made, right? That that pick won't be worth very much, and the Warriors are gambling that it'll be worth plenty because you're still not going to be a very good basketball team. And the Wolves have some protection. It's top three protected. Also, Rosas did tell me that that the 2020 pick was a non-starter. Like, much like I remember years ago... From whose end? From Golden State's end? From the Wolves' end. I mean, Golden State, you know, the way Rosas told me it was, you know, it came up and the Wolves just said no, like instantly. Like, it reminds me of years ago, and Wolves fans don't want to hear this, but when the Chicago Bulls and the Wolves talked about the Jimmy Butler trade, Chicago at first said, hey, we want Andrew Wiggins. And the Wolves said... That's a non-starter. Like, we're not going there. And they were right. He's a non-starter. Yeah, but yeah, the 2020 Wolves <laughs> pick was a non-starter. So they must they must have some master plan. That pick could be very high. The lottery is now, what, top four? You know, so that could be a really, really good pick. 
you know, is there a certain prospect that they're in love with? Or do they have some ideas with, you know, trading the rights to that player? But I'm just telling you, they have some they have some master plans with with that particular pick. On Taylor, by the way, with the luxury tax, just so people understand, if you're over the luxury tax, you don't get to take the money from the pool. So the teams in the luxury tax put in money. Then the other teams get to grab from that pool. So, I mean, we are talking, you know, at least a couple million dollars. That pool isn't going to be as big as other years. And the Wolves are actually working on getting below the luxury tax. Like, if they can buy out Evan Turner. But the problem is Evan needs to find a team. And I'm not quite sure Evan can play anymore. Yeah. Like, who wants Evan Turner at this point? But if he can find another team, maybe the Wolves can save some money, buy him out. Then he knows he's making up that money with his new team. So that's a process. There's some talk about what to do with Amari Spellman, who's going to end up in Iowa. And it sounds like he may end up finishing the year with the Wolves organization. He was a throw-in in the Russell deal from from Golden State. But if the Wolves can move on from him, I think they'd be open to that. I just don't know if anybody would claim him if they waived him. But the Wolves are looking into the possibility. You still have some time here to dip below the luxury line. But for now, for Glenn Taylor, I mean, Brian is right. For the owner to say, because this just doesn't happen. You go into the luxury tax when you're one of the four best teams in your conference. When you're a finals-type team, you don't dip into the luxury tax when you're one of the four worst teams in the league. So from that standpoint, Glenn Taylor deserves a ton of credit. Uh, Doogie, uh, 60 seconds left to your rapid-fire scoops. What else you got for us around Minnesota sports landscape? I mentioned the Wolves TV ratings from Saturday. What about the XFL? Oh, The I, XFL in I town. I know one guy, maybe two guys in this room who are uh, helping boost that rating. I'm not making this up. Now, I think there was a curiosity factor. In fact, I'm positive there was a big curiosity factor. But the XFL, there was a game on the local ABC affiliate, a game on the local Fox affiliate. Nothing in town. Go for basketball, Wolves, did the Wilds play over the weekend, go for hockey, the PGA, some soccer on, on NBC on Saturday or Sunday morning. There wasn't any local sports programming that beat those two XFL Football. games. Yeah. The interest was pretty good here in town. Now, talk to me in three weeks. Yeah, I think the real test is like weeks two to four. The AAF got off to a great start too, ratings wise. Correct. So I'm curious to see what the ratings are the next few weeks. Yeah, how about the XFL kicking some butt here in the Twin Cities? Love it over the weekend. Where's our team? Hmm. Playing at Allianz Allianz Field. Allianz, right? Yeah, exactly right. I don't think there's any buzz in that regard, but yeah, something to keep an eye on maybe eventually. Also, what else did I write down here? The links. Simone Augustus, I think it's been a foregone conclusion that she'll be back, but she has played for 13 years. Like, she could retire, but she will be back. I'm told it's a matter of when, not if, that she resigns. She's a free agent. She's not signing with another organization. Simone Augustus will be back with the Lynx. We saw the move today. Dewana Bonner, multi-time All-Star, really good player for the Phoenix Mercury. Yeah. She's on her way to the Connecticut Sun. The Lynx had dialogue with Phoenix about a... Sign and trade. It just didn't work out. If you look at the package that Connecticut gave up, multiple first round picks, the Lynx just couldn't match that package. Also, Skylar Diggins from Dallas. You know, she's a big name. The Lynx have talked to Dallas. In fact, at one point, I was told they actually thought they were making some progress, but Glenn Taylor told me on the podcast last Thursday that it doesn't look like Skylar Diggins will end up with the Lynx. I heard Rami, you earlier today talk about Mike Zimmer. Mm-hmm. It's when, not if, on the contract extension. I'm just working on the terms. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised when he meets with the media in Indianapolis in about two weeks at the Combine, if we have official news at that moment, that Mike Zimmer has signed a contract extension. The question is, is it for one year or is it for two years? But it's when, not if. Mike Zimmer 
is getting a contract extension with the Vikings. Right on. That's Darren Doogie Wolfson from Five Eyewitness News and from the Scoop Podcast, available on the Score North app, Apple and Spotify. We'll see you next Tuesday, Doogie. Sounds good, boys. Take it easy. Man. All right. Mackie and Judd. Sorry, I got to hit Doogie's mic there because uh, I'm closer to it than he is. Uh, when we come back here, D'Angelo Russell with an interesting chirp there. Did you see this? On Twitter. And I, you know what this is about? I, I scrolled through the thread and I oh there it I is. do know what it's about. I found it. But we'll we'll okay. fill the audience in here Chirp shortly. Chirp stuff on digs, perhaps? Uh, I mean, no, this you never is, know on Twitter these days with these kids. Crazy kids. D'Angelo, now this is, he's chirping a media member. So we'll, we'll get to it when we come back. Oh. And cram session Take as that, well Doogie. here. And before we go anywhere, let's talk about, let's talk about finances. Let's talk about Tondrick Wealth Management. Tondrick Wealth Management, led by Dale Tondrick, has life, uh, Dale's life's work is literally helping people save and stockpile money for retirement. I don't care if you're 30 or if you're 60, there are things you can and should be doing to make sure you get to dictate what your life looks like in retirement. Dale Tondrick and Tondrick Wealth Management will help set you up with a plan to make sure you are on the right track financially, whether it's maybe you're worried about running out of money later in life. You want to make sure that you're saving enough, or maybe you're actually able to retire earlier than you think. This is a common mistake people make. Oh, I got to work till I'm 65. Well, actually, if you were doing this and this correctly, Maybe you could retire at 61 or whatever the case may be. If you make the right financial decisions at this point, again, whether you're 30 or 50, it can either make or cost you, depending on the decisions you make, thousands and thousands of dollars in retirement. So you want to make sure you're making the right decisions. You want to make sure you have a trusted source of information to help you on this path. Tondrick Wealth Management, 952-401-1671. 952-401-1671 or myinvestingcoach.com. Also on the corner of 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard is the best car dealership and service department you're going to find in the Twin Cities. That would be Luther Brookdale Toyota and lutherbrookdaletoyota.com. So I, I, I love the new technology upgrades every two or three years, and that's why I am more of a leasing guy. At some point, I might finance something and buy it, but I just love the safety features, the technology. I love the fact this is the first car that I've had, my new 2019 RAV4 with Apple CarPlay on the uh, dashboard console, which turns my car into a smartphone, basically. We're talking about easy access to just tap the Score North app or the Apple Podcast app or Spotify, whatever it is. On the way in today, I was listening to Bill Simmons on his podcast interview the CEO of Disney just by literally tapping the Apple Podcast app. Uh, and then when Score North is rocking and rolling, boom, it's one tap. So if if you want... State-of-the-art technology and safety features, and you want the best service to go along with it, 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard is the place. Luther Brookdale Toyota and the website you can peruse around. They're also open until 9 o'clock tonight. LutherBrookdaleToyota.com.